everyone, and welcome to the Fandom Optimists, the show where we love content, and we love when it brings us together. This Week in Fandom, Episode 2 of The Book of Boba Fett, and I am joined by no one this week to talk about it. I just wanted to give you some of my quick thoughts. The TLDR of this is, I love this show, and if you're not watching it, you should be watching it. You may be able to tell that my voice is not doing great, so sorry for that. But here we go. We basically have two storylines emerging at this point, which was sort of clear last episode, but I wasn't sure if they were going to keep it going. Uh, it does seem like they're going in sort of an arrow direction of the past and the present. So we've got our present storyline, where Boba Fett and Fennec Shand are interrogating the assassin that they captured last episode. And, uh, gotta say it, the obligatory Tamora Morrison is awesome, and Ming-Na Wen is awesome. Uh, I, their, their chemistry in these parts, their performances, I love it. I could watch it for days. But they're interrogating the assassin, and he's not being very talkative. So they put him in the Rancor pit. And for a second I was worried. I was like, oh no, does does Boba not know that the Rancor is dead? Is this going to be really embarrassing for him? But it was, it was a bluff. They knew. They knew that the Rancor was dead, but the assassin did not. So he panics and tells them that the mayor hired him. So we go off to the mayor, uh, voiced, I believe, by uh, Robert Rodriguez. The uh, I know he directed episode one. I don't think he directed this episode, but he's like uh, important <laughs> to the production of this show. Um, he voices are really well. Kind of menacing, but unclear if you are really meant to take it as menacing. I don't know. It was it was a good vibe for a character that we're not sure if we can trust because he's obviously claiming that he did not hire the assassin. The assassin is a trained liar, and then the mayor has one of his guards shoot the assassin. So I don't know what to think. I'm pretty sure that the mayor is is lying though, right? We're all pretty sure that the mayor definitely hired that assassin. Uh, tweet us. Tweet, it, tweet us and let me know. Uh, oh, by the way, yeah, we're going to start doing that. Uh, I'm going to put some polls up on Twitter. And if you tweet us some stuff under the polls, we'll read those on the show. Uh, so don't, don't miss that. So the mayor guy sends us back to the place with the cantina music. And Jennifer Beals tells us that the twins have laid claim to this land, and at this moment we start to hear some ominous drums playing in the background. Uh, so we get to go outside, we see the twins being carried on a litter, and the, <laughs> the fun detail, all of the uh, slaves, I assume, uh, really struggling to hold up two huts. Uh, for a brief second, I thought they were conjoined twins, and I was... 
caught off guard. I don't think they are, but for a second with the angle, it looked like they were conjoined. I think I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure they're just sitting very close together in their huts, so it's hard to distinguish where one ends and one begins. Huts are gross, man. I don't... <laughs> I was watching this with my mom, and mom, mom can't look at huts. She thinks they're disgusting. <laughs> Anyway, oh, my favorite detail of this scene was the one of the huts is using like a rodent to mop up his sweat. It was it was really gross, but it was a nice detail. Uh, oh, they they march in at this moment. A character from the comics, which I've not read the comics, but I, I know there's a lot of people really excited about, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Black Kersantan, uh, this Wookiee gladiator character. I don't know anything about him, but he looks pretty cool, and I hope that this show tells me more about him so I don't have to go buy the comics. Uh, but if, if I have to go buy the comics, I will. So Boba Fett decides that we're, we're going to have to kill the twins because they're going to be a problem. And Ming-Na Wen tells him that, yeah, I interchangeably use character and actor names, deal with it. Uh, Ming-Na Wen tells him that we're going to need to get permission to kill the twins. Who? Who can give them permission to kill the twins? I thought for a second it's going to be like the Council of Huts that we met in the Clone Wars. But... I doubt they would give you permission to just murder some of their own. And that that seems doubtful to me. My sincerest hope is that it is Amelia Clark playing Kira and that she has returned after taking over the Crimson Dawn, presumably after the death of Darth Maul, which was now like 10 years ago in this timeline. So uh, she'd be you know, pretty well established as this uh, crime lord by now. That would be pretty cool, because at some point, Darth Maul pretty much controlled the entire underworld, and so maybe Kira's now reached that position. That would, that would be a neat reveal. I want Kira back. Solo deserves more recognition. Hashtag make Solo 2 happen. Even if it's on Disney+. Plus. I just want I just want more Solo. Please give me more solo. Sorry. Okay. So we've also got the past storyline. And I'm finding this more interesting so far, partly because it's a really interesting pacing for Star Wars. I mean, it's pretty similar to the Mandalorian's pacing, but it's almost slower. It's almost more meticulous in its pacing. Feels like an old western, in ways that not even like the Mandalorian felt like an old felt like a western, but this feels more like an old western, probably just because it's in the desert all the time. But we have Boba living with the Tuscans, and I like that we got to see in the Mandalorian a bit more about Tuscan culture and that. You know, we got some characterization on them that wasn't just mindless savages attacking 
you know, attacking Luke and then shooting up pod racers and then kidnapping and doing presumably horrible things to Anakin's mother. This is this is new in this new age. We get to see some uh, some more positive traits of the Tuscans. Uh, which is really, I, I think that's really cool. Uh, I like that we got to see. I like there's some continuity um, with the little weird sign language thing they have. I'm pretty sure that's not actual sign language. I think that's made up, but it's cool. And it's a little continuity nod between the Mandalorian and here when uh, Din Jaren was communicating with them via sign language. I thought that was pretty cool. So the Tuscans have started to trust Boba a little bit more after he saved one of their own from the giant Goro creature. Uh, that thing was that was a cool design for a creature. I, I liked that a lot. So they're starting to train him how to use one of those staffs. I don't know what they're called. I am sorry. Once again, tweet that at us so that we'll know for next time. At Fandom Optimists. Go follow us, respond to the next poll, and I will apologize for getting that wrong on the show next week. I love that we're getting to see him practice with it, because we've already seen him absolutely wreck shop with one. <laughs> like, demolish Stormtrooper helmets with it. Incre I'm going to go back and rewatch that scene from The Mandalorian now that I'm talking about it. That was such a cool fight scene. <laughs> so he's practicing with it. Uh, it's not, He's not very good at it yet. But we have this moment where we hear a big roar on the horizon. And I could have sworn that this was the crate Dragon sound effect because it sounded an awful lot like what Obi-Wan did to scare away the Tuscans in A New Hope. But it's not... Uh, crate dragon it's a train so i wonder if it's like happenstance like the engine of the train kind of sounded like a crate dragon or if this train is deliberately trying to sound like a like they have like a sound system on board or something they're trying to sound like a crate dragon to scare away the tuscans that would be interesting uh the tuscans take up their positions and they start getting sniped from the train this made me sad that that train is full of assholes. And we later find out it's the Pikes. And yeah, I've never liked the Pikes. The Pikes are assholes in everything I've seen them in. <laughs> so Boba has a plan. Because he sees that same biker gang he saw last week. Uh, to, you know, sacking that moisture farm. And he has a plan to go stop the train. So he goes to this bar where the biker gang is, and I'm pretty sure this is Tashi Station, because I think those two people that we focused on a lot are meant to be uh, Luke's friends from a deleted scene of A New Hope. So that's pretty cool. We finally get to see, in canon, the Tashi Station. What fun. And Boba strolls in, and in very Mandalorian fashion, and very Western fashion just utterly demolishes all of the biker gang in the bar. It's awesome. He takes 
all of their bikes and goes back to the Tuscans. And then we get a really fun scene of him teaching the Tuscans how to ride these speeders. I, I saw something on Twitter that a lot of people are upset with this scene. What's wrong with you? It's fun. Boba can smile. It's okay. He doesn't have to be grim-faced all the time. He can he can smile while he's trying to help his new friends learn how to ride a bike. This is, you know, even tough people can have wholesome moments. You gotta calm down if you don't like this. Uh, people are saying that it's like ruined the character of Boba Fett. No, he's a badass. He's just nice occasionally. Anyway. Not going to angry rant today. Just going to talk about the show. It's short thoughts. So, so after Boba teaches them how to ride the bikes, they go off to rob the train. And, I mean, really, their goal is just destroy the train, but they wind up getting something out of it, which is kind of cool. We get a terrific action sequence. Feels very old western of this uh, grand train robbery. Uh, Lots of drama. The train keeps getting faster and faster and faster, and we lose some Tuscans, and then this one ridiculously badass Tuscan gets into the train and just wrecks shop and destroys all these... Uh, Pike's inside. Boba makes it to the engine room, and the droid uh, that's running the train runs away. He jumps out the window, and I was a little disappointed that that jump didn't, like, obliterate the droid, but he was fine. He walked away. Oh, well. I, I don't know where he's going. He's in the middle of the desert. But Boba doesn't stop the train very smoothly but he does stop the train well count this as a win uh, I love the pikes trying to play dumb because like, do you have any spice and they go what does what spice look like and one of the Tuscans drops a big crate of spice as like a little puff of dust and he goes it looks like that <laughs> that was funny I love Tamora uh I love his voice. I love his delivery of every single line. I love his voice. I love his face. Tomorrow Morrison is awesome. And we have Boba telling the Pikes that this uh, you can't do this anymore. You got you got pay taxes to us if you want to drive through this uh, through this place. If you try to kill any Tuscans, we're gonna wipe you out. And that's a valid threat now, because he just destroyed their train. All in all, I think episode two was really cool. The closing thoughts here are Tamora Morrison is awesome. Ming-Na Wen is awesome. I hope Kira is coming back. I want more Amelia Clark. I want more tie-ins to Solo. I can't wait for the next week. We're going to put a poll up. Uh, please go interact with the poll. Uh, you know, Comment on it. We'll read it on the show. It's at Fandom Optimists. That's where you can find us. The whole account is nothing but good vibes in the world of fandom. It's a very risk-free follow. Uh, yeah. Please like, follow, share, do whatever you can. 
tell a friend about the podcast. It would mean a lot to us. Until next time, try your best to stay optimistic and never, ever apologize for loving your fandom. I'll see you next week, guys.